0: Welcome to the InnovaBus podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing, so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innovabus, and I'm honoured that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this Innovabus podcast.
1: Foundation underlying principle of all good marketing is we're giving people an offer we think they're already looking for. It's very different to selling, which is trying to convince people they should be looking for our offer. First of all, you set up a podcast, which is relatively simple and easy to do these days. Go to YouTube, sign up for free, start your own channel and put the interviews there. It can be as simple as that and then do a call like this and record it and upload it. Podcast done. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. So we set up the podcast. We invite people that are targeting the same target market as you through the same medium as you with a reason, a motivation, which is similar to what you do. Bingo. Now we've got people who are actively marketing into your target market with the reason aligned to everything else. Having finished the podcast interview, it's simply a matter of saying, Hey, you're going to notice we're targeting the same target market. And you wait for your guest to go, yeah, I noticed that too. Do you want to have a conversation about how we might be able to go to each other's email list? And I know they want to have that conversation. Hmm. 99% of the want to have that conversation. So they lean forward and their eyes open and they go, yeah.
0: What do you got in mind? Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, a repeat guest from Castaways Beach on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. Tom Polland, who's the best-selling author of the Leedsology series of books and also the book Marketing with Webinars. So welcome back to the Another Buzz podcast, Tom. It's a great privilege Thanks to have you here again. Ple- pleasure,
1: to, pleasure to be here and great to see you arrive back safe from your trotting adventures. <laughs>
0: yes, that, that was uh, fun and um, we're back into recording podcasts again. We had lots queued up and lots ready to publish while we're away, which was fabulous. Um, Why we've got you back. So you were a guest previously on episode 446, where we talked about creating and marketing and delivering engaging webinars. And I know one of the things that came up there was this idea of other people's networks, because I remember writing down at the time, OPM, and I thought, that's actually a brilliant concept. And the reason you're back on the show is that you're about to publish a new book, early November, it's launching, which is entitled Get Quality New Clients for Free from Other People's Networks. I'm looking forward to chatting with you about that. Um, Before we get into the details of that, what, what inspired you to write a book about specifically that idea of the Other People's Networks?
1: Well, well, first of all, I, I seem to have to write, so <laughs> I'm going to be writing something because it's just just in me, and and every probably every two years, I feel like I'm you know pregnant with a concept that needs to be given birth. So, um, you know, I, I I it it's a great benefit to me to articulate exactly how I think a thing works through writing it, and and the the process of having to lay it out clearly for someone else helps me to get very clear about what it hmm. is as well. Um, so there's that, I have to write something, it's just in me and it's going to come out. And it's generally the thing that I've been developing and thinking about and and playing with and testing and measuring. In this case, this has been a long gestation period because I started messing around with OPM back in 1995. <laughs> so um, and I've used it in lots of different businesses and lots of different um, mediums, but essentially, The reason I think it's really important to get the book out there is that there's an extraordinary, ubiquitous misinformation about marketing and how it can work and how it should work and how it does work. And I've found over the decades now uh, that this concept of getting new clients without financial costs in a relatively compared to other methods, relatively simple manner, is kind of the unsung hero of the marketing world. You know, a lot of people have heard of OPT, other people's time, you can leverage your own time by hiring freelancers or employees or getting licensees to do, do a lot of the work for you. Uh, OPM, other people's money, Robert Kiyosaki made that um, hmm. go viral basically, uh, you know, using other people's money to leverage uh, your investments and property specifically. But, uh, you know, I've always had this fascination with other people's networks, OPN yeah. and, and how we could leverage our marketing. Uh, it's really at scale. Leverage simply means I have to do less work, but I get a better result proportionally. It's scale meaning bulk, if you like, not one-to-one anymore, but one-to-many groups. So, and if you, you know, the success of the marketing webinars, that book and the program that's associated with it, if you took the OPN concept out of that, there wouldn't be anything, you know, because webinars need audiences mm. and, the best source of audiences are people who have email lists with the same target market as one of our listeners for example you know let's just bring this back to the listener so let's say you've got one of the listeners as a business coach and their target market are small business owners or small entrepreneurs what are we going to call them uh, and someone else has got an email list full of those people uh, then that's a good example of opm so there's a lot of you really specific really fast get from the concept of Generating leads through other people's networks to probably the best OPN, the best type of OPN, because you've got LinkedIn's and OPN, Facebook's an OPN, TikTok's an OPN, Instagram's an OPN. There are OPN communities with uh, business networking groups in your neighborhood. There's lots of different humans hanging out in groups, right? And that's what we're referring to as a network. But the yeah. best one is someone's got an email list, they're targeting the same target market as you. And so we have all these people that are sitting there having registered an interest in growing the business or whatever it happens to be. And if you know how to get into that email list ethically and legally and effectively, then it's a great source of prospects.
0: Hmm. So, I mean, one of the things you you touched on many of the social media platforms there, and and it's kind of very common, you see it all the time, where somebody will be promoting an event or a product or a book on social media, and yeah. people within their network will take up that post and repost it and make some comment towards it. Like uh, Tom's just published right. this new book and I highly recommend everybody reads it. So that that yeah. would be me promoting it to my network on that social media. That's really common. What you're yeah. doing is taking that concept and taking it into the email marketing space, right? Um, in a way that yes, and you and you have the conversation with the person who owns the list first, and and provide them the resources to promote it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think what those two mediums have in common, which is the the recommendation or a repost or a retweet or um, you know LinkedIn endorsing someone else's book, etc. What they have both have in common is the the potential of the the power of the the referral. So there's hmm. a someone whose opinion I respect, a recommended someone else's book or someone else's event. Um, so so there's a transference from the referrer, in this case you, um, to the refer to the person who's being referred, the person who's running the event. So so that's a lot of credibility. So there's that in in OPN Someone sends an email out to their list saying, you know, Jürgen's running an event and I've I've worked with Jürgen and I know it's good stuff. You should go and get there. It's the same principle.
0: Hmm.
1: There's a, we use tapping into the power of the psychology of a referral from a respective source. But that's, I think that's where it really ends because what you get from someone sending an email out to their list of 1,000, 2,000, 10,000, 50,000 people in terms of results is, light years ahead of the sort of result you get when you get a retweet or a repost of a blog comment or a LinkedIn endorsement, et cetera. You you know, we, we, we're talking about hundreds of people in the case of an email list recommendation, potentially hundreds of people, quite often, hundreds of people opting into that event or that free book or whatever else when it's done by an email promotion versus less than a handful, Hmm. if any, when it's done on social media. And if you, if we, if we want to know why there is such a significant response, there's, there's a couple of answers, but I, you know, I, you know, my thing about when you're marketing services or advice, people need a first date before you propose, marriage. Yeah, yeah. so you can, you know, a lot of people go and that's why we run events and that's why we have books and that's why we have free downloads and quizzes so that people can dip their toe in the water of our brand and hopefully learn to trust us and respect our opinion, etc. Uh, and that all happens before we propose that they talk about work work together as client a client and a client relationship, or it happens before we offer them to join our program or whatever it is we we're wanting them to, to buy. So that concept of the first aid is, is fundamentally important. When you when if you accept that people who don't know you from a bar of soap are gonna need to sample your brand need to have a sample of of what it's like could be like to working with you before you propose that they work with you. If you accept that as the basic premise, then you go, well, what's the best way for them to have a first date with me? Hmm. Uh, and I like, in a, you know, a, a webinar event or a physical event is, is kind of like in terms of first dates, it's like dinner out in the town. <laughs> if you if, if someone accepts your invitation to for a first date is dinner out in the town, they probably have at least a, 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 they're putting some skin in the game and saying, well, I want to get to know you a little better. so. You know, got got a chance of that. Versus, say a a two minute speed date where there's no skin Mm. in the game. (laughs) The maximum exposure to you, if you're a horrible person, is going to be two minutes, and they're moving to the next table. Um, So that's like social media. It's like a a LinkedIn repost or reblog. It's it's just too short. It's just too short an opportunity. So that's one reason why getting people interested in what you've got from social media is not nearly as powerful as someone sending a solo email out to a, their whole entire email list saying, Hey, here's a heads up, Jurgen's running an event, or Tom's running an event, or whoever's running an event, or, or you've got a free book or whatever, you can go get it. And, and we're talking the differences said between in social media context, typically less than a handful of responses to hundreds of responses. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just night and day. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And the other thing, the other thing I think, People kind of have, I think people have underestimated over the last few years the power of email marketing and also they're moving away from social media in terms of always being there and always paying attention to what's going on there. And I've got a classic example, the client of mine, and this is a webinar, right? A client of mine, I was chatting to her yesterday to review where we're at with the program we're running for her and she was running, she's running a webinar on something else next week. And she said, I don't know whether you saw that, but I'm running this webinar. And I said, no, I didn't get any emails. I didn't see that. And oh, we promoted it on Facebook. <laughs> and and right. I said, oh, I hardly ever go on Facebook. Um, so why don't you send out an email totally. to the list? Cause I'm right. on your list.
1: <laughs> right. So, and, and, and there's another, you know, unpacking that a bit further, talking about the the efficacy of email marketing. Um, it, with everything in marketing and in life, I guess, you, you know, it, it pays us to segment that a bit. Um, so email marketing is very different buying a cold email list mm. and sending an email out to people who have never heard you from virus open, didn't join that list for anything related to what you do versus a respected Referrer sending a solo email out, going, "I heard that Jurgen's got an event on, and I know his stuff is really good, and here's what he's going to unpack during the event." Uh, you know, both both are email marketing. Yeah, yeah. But one is, is it- they've already had the first date with the person who owns the email list. They're still sticking around for more good stuff. And hmm. um, so the cold email, don't bother. Um, really, if you're going to put effort into marketing. Chances are your time is important to you. Chances are your energy is a finite resource, which hopefully gets renewed every day, but still it's finite. So let's put that into the 20% of the market. that's going to give you the 80% of the result hmm. and not faff around with, you know, really what is probably could potentially be 97% of the, the marketing to give you 3% of the result. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about, uh, there's another really important thing I need to unpack when we talk about say buy and cold email list versus someone a, referrer, a respected referrer versus social media. And it took me literally took me decades to figure this out. And I think it and it's it's in the new book. I am it more in the new book, but it's really worth mentioning now. You can do a someone someone even with an email list can promote you and it can be an absolutely flat as a pancake. They can be a respected authority. They can have a big email list. They can have a highly engaged email list. And they let's say they promote my webinar on lead generation. And it's absolutely, why did it fall flat? And it it, it scratched my head around this, and I I got part of the answer, and I got another part of the answer. But I needed to be able to articulate the difference between a successful, someone successfully promoting my stuff, you listen to stuff, versus someone else who you just scratch your head after it's going, it just didn't work, why didn't it work? What, What did we miss? And I can sum it up in one word, and that's the benefit of writing a book about this stuff is my mind is forced to distill the articulation of this particular thing as simple and easily as possible. So the one word is reason. If you look at all the networks, whether it's a TikTok, whether it's a LinkedIn group, whether it's a a local business network, physical meeting, a conference, a trade show, someone's email list, a cold email list, um, there are people all over the planet. You might have noticed, you know, there's like seven or eight billion or something. Hard to keep up. Um, so again, this idea of segmenting, when we distill it down, for to have a successful opn promotion, where someone has, someone else has got an email list, opn other people's networks, and they're targeting the same target market as you. In order for that promotion to be successful, the reason that someone joined that email list. Or in network, has to be the same or similar reason as to why they might buy from you. And this this is getting this wrong is the death knell of any campaign. Now, if you look at what is the reason why people join TikTok, entertainment, hmm. have a laugh. They don't join TikTok to learn about lead generation. Yeah. And so me running a TikTok campaign to get people to buy my book or on marketing or to come to a webinar on marketing, there's no alignment of reason. Hmm. And then if you look at, um, let's say, you know, I use the example of Tony Robbins, who's an extraordinary personal development guru, you know, set goals, get healthier, get wealthier, have better relationships and so on. And some of this stuff's outstanding. And, and Tony's just an extraordinary individual. So... If he said to me, Tom, you know, you've got a marketing webinar come up, coming up, we, we'll we'll send an email blast out to our list. I, I would, you know, with full respect, I'd say, yeah. thanks, Tony, but it's probably going to be a waste of our time yeah. and your time and your email list capacity and everything else. And the reason is that people join Tony's list to achieve goals and to be a better version of themselves and to step up and all those really, really great things. But they don't join this list to learn about lead generational yeah, marketing. That's right. And so there's, there's, that's where the whole thing will fall down. Now, in the case of Tony, he's probably got a list of five million people. So we'd probably, probably overcome yeah. that uh, deficiency. If you've got, yeah, if you got half people. a percent, yeah. you'd still be yeah. ahead. Yeah. But it yeah, but so
0: comes back to one of the things I was curious about how you build relationships with people to get to tap into those other people networks. And one yeah. of the things you've said there that's is a pretty good question. There's a, yeah, There's a huge list there, and and you probably will get some results, but are you making a withdrawal from that relationship bank? Assuming you've got a relationship there.
1: Yeah, well, that that that, and that begs the question: of How do you get the relationship in the first yeah, place? Yeah. Because mo- most of our listeners are going to be going, "I would love to get into that game," hmm. and you know, but how do how do I get into the game? How do I establish a relationship with someone who has an email list that's got my ideal clients in them? And those people have joined for a reason which is aligned to the reason they might, might buy for me. So, you know, maybe I'm a weight loss coach and somebody's got an email list um, with, with talking about physical health and well being and diet, nutrition, everything else. That's a really good example of an email list where subscribers have joined for a reason which they might buy for me as the weight loss mm-hmm. coach. Okay. So there's a couple of things to unpack there. You know, we talked before about with our, with our prospects, the need to give them the opportunity for that first date with us. In the form of coming to a webinar on an event or buying a book or whatever else before we propose that we, we talk about working together or joining programs. I think. so. That concept of needing to give our target market a first date before we propose you know, marriage, so to speak, also applies to our potential OPM marketing partners. You know, we we need to give, we need to create an opportunity where they get to know us to the point where we can establish what I call the four R's of psychological reciprocity. Or uh, psychological allure, I should say. Then that in those four hours, uh, rapport. So we we can some way we we somehow we we can we can figure out that there was a click that we can get on with each other. Um, respect for each other's professional ability, or capability, delivering on the promise of whatever our promises, whether it's weight loss or better relationships or better marketing. So you've got rapport, so rapport, respect, um, relatability where we can demonstrate that we can, we know where people are at and where they want to get to, and finally reciprocity, which is the most powerful, in my view, it's the most powerful and the most hidden uh, and the most unspoken about force and marketing reciprocity. simply means, as humans, we like to kind of keep the emotional bank account balance even. Uh, so we get invited to dinner, we have to take something because otherwise we feel bad. They're doing all this nice dinner for us. We haven't taken a bottle of wine, a bottle of chocolate, and so on. Um, in, in the world of marketing, we can take someone, a potential OPM partner over a bridge from not knowing us to the other side of that, that, that river, if you like, or the canyon to where they not only know us, but they like us and they trust us and they want to do something to help us. So how do we evoke reciprocity? Um, the easiest and simplest way to do that is to do exactly what you've just done, which is invite them onto your podcast. Because yeah. now you're in a meeting. Was effectively, like a first yeah. date, um, so we run a podcast that's called Marketing Invisible. You've been on it, um, uh, maybe it's how we met, I can't remember. But, but I find that having someone on a, on a podcast ticks a whole lot of boxes. They, they, a lot of people in our target market are actively marketing, want to come onto a podcast, they're actively looking for a podcast to be on. So, when my one of my team members sends an email invite up to them saying, hey, we've got a show. We've got to come on Tom's show. They go, hell, yes, because they, they, they quite rightly believe it's not a bad thing to do for marketing get their name out there and so on. So when they come onto my show, I'm giving them an opportunity to give, to give voice to their message. I'm providing them with a in my market with, with our YouTube channel, with our Twitter feed, with our email list, wherever we'll sprinkle around the internet like confetti at the wedding. So they're gonna accept the invitation. And and this is this is the foundational underlying principle of all good marketing is we're giving people an offer we think they're already looking for. So it's very different to selling, which is trying to convince people they should be looking for our yeah. offer. Um, so, so first of all, you set up a podcast, which is relatively simple and easy to do these days. Basically go to YouTube, um, sign up for free. Start your own channel and put the interviews there. I mean, it can be as simple as that, and then do a call like this and record it and upload it. That's the podcast done. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. So we set up the podcast. We invite, um, we, 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 we've we identified someone very easily. Google search would do it very quickly. You type in a description of your target market, say small business or stay at home mum or whatever your target market is, or stay at home dad for that matter, um, whatever your target market is. Then you put in Medium, the name of the medium through which you want to do your marketing webinar, downloadable guide, pre event, whatever. Um, and then a description of your wheelhouse. So, there's three things we're putting in a description of the target market, a description of the medium through which you do your marketing webinar, book, whatever. And then uh, a description of your, your specialty, so lead gen or whatever else. So, now we've got thousands of hips, people that are targeting the same target market as you. Through the same medium as you, uh, with a reason, a motivation which is similar to what you do, bingo. Now we've found thousands of people who are actively marketing into your target market with the reason aligned. Everything else. So, so then what do you doing? with them? You, well, if you email them and say, "Hey, we should do a joint venture," mm-hmm. or "Do you want to promote my free webinar?" You're not going to hear from them because you haven't offered them a first mm-hmm. date. So the podcast becomes the first date. We identified them. This there's, there's a whole to unpack, but we don't have time to do that. You've identified them, you've invited them onto the podcast, you've recorded the podcast, and so you've invoked reciprocity. Um, having finished the podcast interview, it's simply a matter of saying, hey, you're gonna notice we're targeting the same target market, and you wait for your guest to go, yeah, I noticed that too. Um, do you wanna have a conversation about how we might be able to grow each other's email list? And, which, and I know they wanna have that conversation mm. <laughs> 99% of them want to have that conversation. So they lean forward and their eyes open. They go, yeah, what do you got in mind? Or they lean forward and go, hell yeah. <laughs> yes. All we've done is we've given someone an offer that we're pretty sure they're already looking for. Good yeah. marketing. And from there, we we set a time to do cross, date data cross-marketing. And the next question that's going to come up from listeners are going, don't have a podcast. I think I've addressed that. Just get a YouTube channel. Do it it's nice and simple to start with. So that's that taken care of. I don't have an email list, right? That's the next one that comes up. Well, you, you do. There might be eight people in it, but you mm-hmm. do. So start with people that have small email lists. And because what happens is once you do a cross promotion with someone, and you start small, start with a small, I mean, I, I literally started with an email list of eight, eight, eight clients because yeah. I'd stole the business and couldn't use that email list. I had to start a game. So I had eight clients, so they became the email list foundation. So, what happens is you just start. You just create a webinar, it may not be perfect. You start with a downloadable guide, you start with a quiz, you start with any one of the mediums through which you can offer people that first date. And you start. And then, once you cross market, you do a debrief meeting with that OPN partner who's promoted your stuff and you put it in. And was it good for you? Because if it wasn't good for you, I'll keep going until hmm. you get something that's been worthwhile for you. But having confirmed, that the cross-promotion was worthwhile, you then refer each other to people who will want to do the same thing. So one source, therefore, in conclusion, one source of our OPN partners, and we've had, I think, we've over 600 partners in the last three years, so one source of them comes from podcasts. We always want to have fresh, fresh partners coming in. But the bulk of our partners now come from the debrief and referral meetings we have after we've mm. done a cross promotion. And so we don't have to invite those people to a podcast because we've got a, by reason of the power of referral, we've basically done the You've first date. Yeah. And so we just invite them straight to a meeting. And sometimes we don't even have a meeting these days. We just say, hey, we like your stuff. We check you out. Here's our stuff. Uh, we have a, a page called ourpartnerpage.com. People can go and check it out. We we set up basically a sales page for prospective partners to go and check us out and to read testimonials from past partners, to download samples of what we offer to other people's networks. It's all there on one page. Um, Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what you want to unpack out of all that. I know it's thrown a lot. Yeah, there is a lot
0: lot there. It comes back. I mean, picking up on the idea of the podcast as the first date, it's... um, you know, we're, we're getting up to, I think this is going to be episode 590. Well, let me check my notes here. <laughs> 595. So we're coming up to 600. And I always say that there's two things about my podcast that I've learned over that almost 600 episodes. The first thing is it's an easy way to get a meeting with anyone um, that yeah. I'd like to talk to. Um, and pretty much... Um, of course i focus on people that i'm interested in and that, that there are uh, various bits of alignment as you've outlined and and so you know there, there's usually a reason for them to talk to me and it's a fantastic way to grow my network because usually i'm introduced to other people through that and the third thing is mm. i learn a lot by it so for those people that think well you know if i start a podcast what happens if If my list doesn't grow or if I don't get on this, um, I'd come back to your point and say, just start and keep in mind that you're going to learn a hell of a lot by speaking to people. And if you were to approach people, I mean, how often have you been approached to say, uh, can I buy you a coffee and pick your brain? Because I'd like to learn more about webinars Tom I want to find out yep. how you do webinars and no, I'm interested yep. in doing them myself I want to learn about that how often has somebody approached you with that sort of manner and and usually the response if you approach others like that is um no thanks I'm busy whereas uh, because it's a take relationship right it's yes I'm going to yeah. buy you a coffee but I'm taking your time I'm absorbing your knowledge
1: yeah whereas yeah, it's, it may not be worth
0: the price of saving yeah. a coffee. And... Whereas here here <laughs> I mean, I'm I, offering I, I, a platform and um, having that yeah. conversation and yeah. in doing that, building the relationship.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I normally say yes to someone if, they, if they're prepared to drive up to where we are <laughs> because we're not in a big city and have a cup of coffee. I normally say, sure, I'll pick your brain. The first hour is free and after that it's $1,000 an hour, yeah. so milk me for whatever you can. But I'll tell you right now, ideas, um, it's a good starting point. But to implement, you're going to have to pay mm-hmm. some money because you're going to need a hand to implement. And some people might think, well, that's a bit cynical. But it's just reality. The reality is that ideas not the implementation. Mm-hmm. Maps not the ter- territory. The theory is not the reality. And it's just so hard to get this right on your own. You know, that's, that's why we have... I mean, the best sports people in the world have coaches. You know, they have people to guide them through. They have trainers. They have managers. They get help. Um, you know, we don't represent ourselves in court. We hire a lawyer because they know what they're doing. You know, they help us through the situation. And it's the same with, with building anything in a business. Have, um, whatever your budget is, just spend whatever you can to get the help you need. If, if And if all you've got is 30 bucks to buy a book, then buy, by all means, buy the book. Do that. Get to the free stuff. But as soon as you can stretch to hiring someone to help you, then then you should do so because you're going to save yourself a lot of grief. When I mean, you get someone uh, like you, Jürgen, who's been doing what you've been doing probably for the thick end of 30 or 35 years, um, people, when they work with you can save themselves an awful lot of frustration and disappointment. Mm. Uh, I, the other thing I'd, I'd like to add to that in, in almost a summary is you've You've got to find a strategy that you believe rationally and logically is going to work well. Find find something you trust and, and find out what they're doing strategically and keep at it until you make it work. Far too many people, it's a cliche I know, but it's true, far too many people join a program, get a coach, believe they've got the right strategy, they've seen the evidence to indicate that this could work really well for them and then have a crack at it and just because their bank account's not overflowing with money on the first time, they're, yeah, just, yeah. they're just going and find another strategy. And there is a time when you you know, you know need to know when to hold a number to fold. Of course, you can't just keep pouring good money after bad. But but mostly what I see is people uh, just going and you know chasing another shiny thing. And not doing the work, the work of hard work of implementation. Um, but once you, once you, you know, if you have a webinar marketing system and you have it down pat, um, it's really easy to keep it running and running pretty well. It's, but it's hard work getting it mm. up and running. He's so, like, you know, I liken it to getting a train from point A to point B. The, the hard part about that mm-hmm. is not nothing to do with the train, it's laying yeah. down the tracks. So you, you lay down the marketing systems and you iron out the wrinkles in that track and you get all the sleepers and the, and then it's pretty mm. easy, uh, but, but it's hard work up to that point. A lot of people have to make the decision, do you want something quick, simple, and unpredictable, such as going to a business, the me- business networking meeting and, and handing out business cards, you might get lucky, um, or do you want to do the hard work and have something that's predictable and scalable such as running mm. events?
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's a really important point. I think a lot of people these days, still see entrepreneurship as a quick way to make a lot of money. uh, Whereas the truth is it's actually hard work and you do need some guidance. There are those of us, as you say, I've been around for quite some time and have made lots of mistakes and I've put my hand up and say, I didn't always follow this philosophy either. However, at some point I learned, Hey, there's a better way to do this. And, um, Mm saving other people or saving yourself a lot of mistakes by essentially learning from the mistakes other people have made so that you don't have to repeat them is is certainly a good way to shortcut it's less expensive you know? yeah all right well that i mean yeah, that part sounds part like part. a fabulous yeah. call to action there to sort of wrap us up but uh, before we we do conclude i do want to make sure that listeners know and I think there, there's actually a way that they can get a free PDF copy of the book. So why don't you go ahead and tell us how yeah. they can
1: do that? Okay. So there's, uh, so when COVID hit a couple of years back, I wrote a book called Marketing Webinars because I knew all the physical events weren't going to be happening for a while. Um, and it became a bestseller real quick. And there's a PDF copy. You can grab it and get Tom's free book gettomsfreebook.com. Go get it. It's free, obviously, get Tom's free book. Uh, And inside there, uh, once you download that, um, you'll probably get an invite to one of our monthly webinars where we take it off the pages of the book and put it into life on a big screen. Um, I run those at the moment, I run those live. So there's an opportunity to come in, come in for a first Mm -hmm. date.
0: Yeah. And and as you say, and this is something that I learned from you in, in our last podcast conversation that you actually run those live. So a lot of people run these webinars and they have them recorded. You run them live, which means that the audience, that if you participate in one of those webinars, you actually get to ask Tom questions live. So you don't um, have to post your questions and wait for an email response. At some point, you actually get to ask Tom live and get a live response.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too, too many people go into Evergreen, you know, the replay type webinar too soon. You, you if uh, I, I run a live, A, because uh, it keeps me sharp. It keeps me at the cold face, answering questions, um, continuing to improve, hopefully. Um, the second reason is it's once a month. Yeah. It's an hour of my time yeah. once a month. And we have maybe eight or 10 partners emailing and promoting it. So it's really worth getting up for that. Um, and I think also for people who are looking to get into running events, you know online you don't want to move to evergreen until you've got the thing converting Mm. well because there's there's no point in in automating something that's not working (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, yes i think that's something to for everyone to keep in mind i mean in these days you did early on i was uh, as you're saying i'm i'm driven to write i was thinking uh, chat gpt it's sort of front of mind a lot of times and i thought well um, a lot of people are looking hey can we automate something using chat gpt can we automate something using other ai technology or something well get it working first (laughs) actually physically get it working lay the tracks lay the sleepers and get it working and then then we'll talk about automation so really important yeah 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 all right tom well uh, we will include those links in the show notes, of course, so people can click straight through and get that free copy of the book. And, of course, you'll learn more about the um, the launch of the new book as well by participating in those webinars. And I'm sure that you'll keep people informed once they're in that ecosystem, in their list.
1: We will indeed. Yeah. You can cover
0: <laughs> All right, Jürgen, thanks. Thanks, thanks for having Tom, me on Thanks, Tom, thanks for being back on the show and um, all the best. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community, where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations, and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywheel Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.